Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amid Bros. Yes, sir. The Amid Bros Podcast is back with you another week. Listeners, what's going on out there? Fellas, how we feeling? Jared man 85 here feeling good uh was terrible with my picks this week but you know what I had a Big Mac and so I'm I'm doing just fine right now <laughs> you know how you know people be guilty they go straight to what they're guilty about you uh, see I'm feeling great not feeling great about my picks <laughs> you know he want to get off the chest real quick JB's I'm feeling great about little, right? life but not about the picks baby not yeah. about the picks yeah, yeah, it was a rough week for picks for everybody. I was 0-4 against the spread last week. If you bet with me, I will apologize in advance, but I'll tell you one thing. Last year in this exact same round, I got every one of them right except one, and that was my Saints not getting a W. So my boys are through to the conference finals, and I could not be any happier. Hey, so we got a lot to talk about, obviously. Jeremy's feeling good. I am your host, by the way, Damon, uh, one-third of the Me Bros Podcast. I appreciate all you guys. We Well, we all appreciate all you guys uh, listening to us every week. Yep. Uh, we got a good show for you guys lined up today. Uh, let's go ahead and get right right into it, man. NFL Championship Weekend is uh, is set. Um, what's going to happen, fellas? I, I need to know. who. I mean, are the Saints going to gonna do what? The, the the Atlanta faithful that Falcons hope they don't do, which is win a Super Bowl in the brand new Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Is that going to happen? Jared, how are you feeling about these matchups? So before I kind of talk about this one, I want to kind of go back to last weekend because I was wrong like Jeremy was. Okay. I picked the Saints to win, but I said I didn't think they were going to cover it. I was the only one I would have been right on, but I didn't put any money on that. Um, I said I thought the Rams were going to win, but I didn't think they would cover seven points. Of course, they went by eight. That's just the way it goes. Um, and the other two, I just got completely wrong. I thought the the Chargers were a better team than the Patriots. I thought that the Colts were a better team than the Chiefs. And I could have been any more wrong. Uh, I was shocked at the way the Chiefs dominated the Colts on offense. Their offensive line got dominated by D. Ford. Um, Andrew Luck looked awful. He looked like he did not want to be out in the cold. And in the Patriots game. He really did. Uh, the Patriots game, they, they, the Patriots did what the Patriots do. Bill Belichick finds out, like, all right, what are you doing? He completely changes his game plan, and then he just exploits it. So Chargers have been running, as I said, the, the you know last week. They had run seven DB sets so they could have a lot more speed on the field to be able to defend against runs outside and against the pass. And the Patriots basically lined up with two extra tight ends and a fullback and just pounded the ball every play and ran for, like, 250 yards. So uh, with that being said, uh, this week, I feel I feel really good about uh about my picks that got coming up. Um, Jeremy, I told Jeremy that I thought that the Saints were uh were gonna have some troubles with the Eagles, but they got through that one. I thought that was the biggest challenge they were gonna have. So, um, I got the I Saints. Think that was a, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go, I I just think that that was a game where literally there was three plays in that game where if they didn't happen the way they happened, they would have lost. Um, I think that was a dominant dominant performance from from the from the Saints. I mean, yeah. coming from a Panthers fan, I really feel like they got kicked in the face and they were like, "All right, don't panic," and they just came back and won the game. Like I like it was no point during that game that I was like, "Yo, I really think the Saints about to lose." 
They didn't look right. like the better team. <clears throat> right. It was it was it was dominant. But I, what I, what I'll tell you is this: there were three plays in that game. It was the get the play where Marshawn Lattimore picks the ball off on a spectacular interception. Um, he looks back to Ricky form now. He didn't look like that all season, so I guess the bye definitely helped him out. Um, that play changed the momentum. Then that next drive, the Eagles got a stop, and the Saints went for it on a fake punt where Taysom Hill, like, guys, find a guy like Taysom Hill to put on your team. I want to just sign him to a deal to back up Deshaun. Taysom we Hill need a mobile quarterback. Yes, Taysom Hill, <laughs> he's doing exactly what what if Tebow would have stayed on the Patriots, they would have figured out a way to get the same thing. But, um, <laughs> by the way, shout out to Tebow, got engaged in Miss Universe, uh, winning. Anyway, uh, and then the, the last one besides those two. That took me by surprise. I know, I know. I thought he was going <laughs> to uh, get engaged to Mr. Universe. Anyway. Um, hey, but, hey, we're going to have to cut that. You never know who, you know, you're not going to block my Hey, man, I got to know. I got no, 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 man. Look, man, I, uh, <laughs> I refuse I, that. I, you would not block my Tim Tebow blessing, okay? No, you look, you, you, whatever way your boat floats, you know, hey, you, you, in, you know, no, no, I'm keeping it, I'm keeping it in here. Well, however the boat flows, I'm cool with it. I just, you know, I, I was told, I'll tell you a quick Tim t- t- Tebow story and I get back to my thing. This will take 30 seconds. One of the guys I knew that played tennis at Florida was an older guy. He went back to campus to Florida after Tebow graduated. They were watching a Florida football game. He said Tebow was in the room. He said it was nothing but like 22-year-old smoke show girls in there. He's older. He's like 35. smoke show girl? Smoke show is when you're on fire. Smoke show. Anyway, oh, so, so attractive. Okay. Yes, right. very attractive. I don't know Smoke. SEC lingo. Sorry. Yes, that is. Yeah, so th- he th- says, th- "Thank you for the clarification." <laughs> thank you. Yeah, hey guys. <laughs> so SEC then he says, "Frat boy lingo." No, yeah. So he, he says he goes to a bat room to watch the game because he's like thirty five. He says he was old. He wasn't gonna be in there. He says, and all these Damn, girls are all man. over Tim Tebow. And he said, literally, Tim Tebow followed him into the room and said, "Gosh, I can't stand that. Let's watch the game." And he said, I was like, I can't believe this. <laughs> so hey, when you hear a story like young that. listeners out there, that's that's a cool story, but it is. This, this, but is, what, this is no more far from the absolute truth. Focus on your money and your business and your school, because it does not matter what you look like. Luckily for for me in particular, we I never had to worry about that, but it doesn't matter what you look like. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the, that's the thing. Focus, so what, focus getting the money and, and what's Fifty Cent say? Chase, don't chase yeah, the girls. Yeah. Chase the money because the girls come with the that that is a that's a true statement. I thought so, you yeah, were gonna say get rich or die trying, but that's a no, different. I, I, no, I would. I would never tell the kids kids that. But go ahead, Jeff. Finish your story. So so that's that's the end of that Tebow part. But so Taysom Hill that that sneak that fake punt uh, was a ridiculous play, and then the other play that saved the game was uh, Drew Brees got sacked. The uh, Eagles picked the ball up, and instead of just falling down with the ball and having the ball inside the 20, they tried to get up and run away, dropped it, the Saints recover it again. And that changed the, the complexity of the game because worst case, they're inside the 20. They kick a full goal. They go up 17-0, and I think that's a tough, tough way to come back. But yeah. by them being able to save that um, and, and get no points out of it, I thought it was uh, it was a huge point in the game. Nice job on the Saints. So I – I would go Saints uh, in that one, and I'll go, I'll go into. I'll let Jeremy talk a little bit because I want him to get into the Saints a little bit, and then uh, after that, I'll, I'll go through this Chiefs Patriots matchup because I'm a little uh, shaky on both of those. Yeah. Overall, Jeremy, Jeremy what you guys think... say about that, man? You, you kind of quiet over there. You good? <laughs> it goes right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm good to go on this, Jeremy. 
That game should have been a cover. The game wasn't a cover because Will Lutz missed a field goal. Uh, that would have made it nine points. Spread was eight. I would have been good in the money. Overall, what I saw from that game was the Saints team that looked just flat coming out of the gate. They they came in uh, having not really played a meaningful game in three weeks uh, because last week they had to buy. The week before, they essentially had to buy because they'd already secured home field and rested players against the Panthers. And so I thought it was a team that came in playing against a team that was really hot, had playoff intensity because they've been pretty much playing play, playoff games for the last six or seven weeks and got punched in the mouth. I thought they came out a little arrogantly and just said, I think Sean Payton tried to send a message with that first pass from Drew Brees. And actually he had a good play call play, called up. Drew Brees underthrew that pass and that's how it got under uh, got intercepted by LeBlanc. If he'd thrown that ball a little bit more out in front of him, uh, I think Ted Ginn is probably still running right now. And if they would have scored a touchdown on a pass on the first play, that game score would have probably been 48-7 to again. Um, But overall, they got punched in the mouth. Nick Foles had a good game uh, or a good first quarter, I will say that. And they moved the ball up and down the field. But after the first quarter, the Eagles had less than 100 yards of total offense. The Eagles in the entire game had 250 total yards of offense. The Saints got 11 more first downs than them. The Saints outgained them by almost 200 yards. The Saints... Uh, move the ball pretty much at will throughout the entire second half of the game. So overall, I don't think you can look at that game and say, "Oh, three plays changed." No, because I mean, there's a, you could do that for any for any game of a big plays change. But overall, what you would have seen from the Saints is they were always going to come back. They were always going to win this game. They're just simply the better team. And if you look at that drive they made at the beginning of the third quarter, where they started on their own eight yard line and scored a touchdown. After getting so many penalty yards that they actually moved the ball 120 yards and scored a touchdown, I mean, that tells you all you need to know about the Saints. So Super Bowl coming, you guys in Atlanta. I know you're going to hate to hear this, but uh, we're probably going to celebrate in your stadium, put some champagne in it, uh, and that's what you guys get for trying to name your stadium the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Mercedes-Benz stays in New Orleans, uh, and we're going to turn your stadium into a Saints stadium. Yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy, I will That's say this though. So disrespectful if it happens. And you can't <laughs> like, say you you can't. I don't. I don't believe this, right? I think, as I've said numerous times, right? When I, when I talked about the Texans losing, I said I thought the momentum got got switched by them getting a stop on the first drive, and then JJ Watt jumping off sides and giving them a free play. Then they score a touchdown, right? I think from a momentum standpoint, Nick Foles, the only bad throw I thought he threw during the game was the underthrow that got picked off when you were down fourteen zero. I'm sorry, because he was open. If he if he catches that ball, if he throws a, a, a good pass outside and they catch it, you guys lose the game. I, I, I That ball would have been a 40-yard pass to put them inside a field goal range up 14-0. I, I don't think any – I think the rest of those – If let's say you guys went for the fake punt and they stopped Taysom Hill and you're down 14-0 now at midfield with them having the ball. I would pick them to win that game. And then on the last one, if you're uh, – if they, when Drew Brees gets sacked and fumbles it, if they recover the ball inside the 20 up 14-0, momentum-wise, I think you guys kept the momentum on your side. You kept – one of the things about playoff football is this. There's three things that really dictate who wins. One, who has the best offensive line and who can keep their quarterback clean. Secondly is if you're at home, can you keep momentum up? Because the, the Saints crowd carried them a lot because they were able to keep some momentum going after that pick. And I think the third thing, which I don't think you guys did a, a, a great job at, was when when a team comes out like that, can they can they punch you in the mouth and then take control of the game? They punch you in the mouth. I don't think you guys came out necessarily flat. Nick Foles was throwing dimes 
Like he was he was throwing the ball to the roof and dropping it perfect. What happened? What happened in the last three quarters? They didn't score a single point, and then in the last three quarters of the game, Jeremy, I thought you guys played well, but here's the difference though. Nick Foles underthrew some balls, but the first quarter when he with the touchdown pass he threw to to, uh, to Matthews to Jordan Matthews. There was no defense for that. He threw the ball sixty yards in the air and and, and yeah, dropped it yeah. perfectly in the bread basket. No, no, no. There, there, there was defense for that. The cornerback just completely lost lost track of the ball. He's looking around. He didn't even know where the he ball lost is. Track of the ball. He threw the ball to the roof. I saw it. He thought he looked up. He looked back. And he was like, <laughs> "I don't see the ball." We looked back. I was like, "I don't see the ball." Then all of a sudden, he realized, "Wait, that's because the ball's sixty feet in the air, and he wasn't looking directly up into the sky." Like I'm telling yeah, the, you, at, that at game. The, at the end of the day, that was an impressive is, game. That was a, a super impressive. But that I don't I don't believe you. You can't say oh, regardless of any of those things that happened, we we're going to win the game. I don't think that that game wasn't that kind of game. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, I like I like this. I, I I like this tone. I like where you guys are going with this. So let's just go ahead and just move into what we what we're going to talk about. Let's talk more specifically about the Saints versus the Rams and what you guys feel are the key matchups and the predictions in this game. So, Jeremy, go ahead. Finish it up. Let's go into Saints-Rams specifics, fellas. Let's go. Saints-Rams, I think this is going to be a very interesting matchup. I am actually a little less nervous playing against the Rams than I was going against the Eagles. And I wasn't very nervous against the Eagles, but, hey, you saw what the result was and you saw what my bet was. Overall, what I see with the Rams is um, they're going back to trying to really emphasize running the football well. Uh, But, what are the Saints? The best run defense in football. So uh, the Saints will be able to shut that down like they did last time. The game will go into, into Jared Goff's hands, and Jared Goff will throw us the football. If no one noticed, last week, those cornerbacks came to play. Those cornerbacks are coming to play. Jared, I know you said Marshawn hadn't had a great season, and a lot of people said, oh, my Marshawn hadn't had a great season. Marshawn's got like 10 turnovers this season. I think he's got four forced fumbles. Um and four interceptions of what was he make eight? I mean, Mar- Marshawn's been making plays. Now he's he's gotten beat more than he has all of last year, but he's still only given up two touchdowns in his entire career. So uh Marshawn is playing really well. Eli Apple played really well. If you notice, you didn't see Golden Tate doing anything. You didn't see uh uh Aguilar doing anything. And I think you'll see the same thing when we play against the Rams. I think you'll see um Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods uh coming into New Orleans and this it's just bad things that happen when you get in New Orleans. It's 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 not good good juju. You go in there with all the right intentions and you think, man, you know what? We really got a chance to win today. But I mean it's false hope. That's what it is. I mean, I wish I could give you a better a, a better, you know, example or something, but it's just they're gonna get beat down. All right. Um Jeremy feels pretty confident about the Saints, obviously. Uh eighty five. What's going to happen in the Saints Saints versus Rams matchup, man? So, I'm actually picking the Saints to win. Um it's a, and I, I think this is the funny part. Like as I said last week, I said after the Texans lost, I was rooting for either the Colts or the Saints to win. Saints cuz of Jeremy's team or Colts because they're the team to beat the Texans. So then if anybody talks smack about the Texans, I could have said, "Well, we lost to the Super Bowl champs." That didn't happen. With that being said, I thought you said Chargers cuz you, you didn't know any Chargers fans. I said if those two didn't happen, then the last one would be the Chargers because I don't know any Chargers fans. That was the third one. So, um, but with that being said, when you look at it, I think this game is going to be a close game. I don't think this is going to be like some blowout. I think um, Marcus Peters, when he talked about he wanted to come back and see Sean Payton, 
that team probably has that same mentality. Um, and those are and, and as as good as as the Eagles were playing, I don't think the Eagles are as talented as the Rams. And it depends if the Rams can do like they did versus Ezekiel Elliott and shut down the run. That game could get a lot dicier because here's something that we haven't really talked about. And Jeremy brought it up a little bit. Breeze underthrew a lot of passes during that game. No, there were a lot of throws. He did. Sure. He did. No, he, he completed did. like 75 percent of his passes. He did. He, did. he, he was threw it. All out there, Listen, bro. He was. it was no, no, think about this. There was the play. There were there were there were three plays where he, he threw bad underthrows. The pick at the beginning of the game, there was the play where uh where does it take in Junior? No, no, it wasn't uh, it was Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill ran the route and he burned the guy by five, six yards. And the ball was it wasn't underthrow. It wasn't underthrow. He threw he threw it to his back shoulder. He should have let him across the middle of the field. That was a bad throw. So yeah, he had a couple bad throws in the game. But overall, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying he didn't have the arm throw. I'm telling you, he, he underthrew a few of those passes. And then the, the best throw of the day, and it got called back. I thought was from Taysom Hill. The next play after he missed Taysom Hill on the throw, where Taysom Hill hit Al, Alvin Kamara, and they called a penalty on it. But but yeah, with that being throw. said, I think. The I think Drew Brees is gonna have to dink and dunk the ball, uh, play short completions because you can't lead, uh, right now. Andres Pete is hurt from the Saints. He's got a broken hand. Um, you got so the interior of that line. He was the person who was matched up with uh, Aaron Donald. Now Aaron Donald should be able to get there, and and Dominican Sue's been able to get a lot more pressure recently. And Dante Fowler, I'm not a huge fan of his pressure, but that dude hits people when he shows up. So. Um, I expect the Saints to win the game because of the fact that I still don't think there's a matchup for Michael Thomas, even though I think Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters will be able to do something. Um, I trust Drew Brees way more than I trust uh, Jared Goff, a.k.a. Jared Goffel. He was still bad last week. He was, I want to say, 13 for 25 for 189 yards. Like, it wasn't a good game. Um, and I just don't expect the Rams to be able to run the ball for 252 yards like they did versus the Cowboys uh, versus the Saints defense. I think the Saints defense is what's going to carry them. Um Past this, and so I would I would pick the game, uh, Saints to win by, uh, I I'd probably say six points. I'm gonna say it's a lower scoring game. Um, I'll go 23-17 Saints. Okay, fair enough. Um, so switch mm. gears. Let's go to the uh, other side of the, the spectrum. Uh, Pats versus Chiefs. Jerry, who you got in this matchup, man? What is, what's gonna be your keys to to, to either team winning? I'm hoping it's a tie and they both lose. This is my nightmare. I There are two teams in the league that I dislike more than – and here's the thing. I don't dislike the Chiefs. I dislike the Patriots. I really do dislike the Patriots. The Chiefs, I dislike the talk of Patrick Mahomes. And you is could probably consider me – yeah, as I was going to say, you probably could consider me a hater. It's possible. I, I made a prediction that he was going to be a bust, and he's making me look terrible right now. So there's a part of me that hates that. But here's you the other part. You predicted he was going to be a bust, and he became Dan Marino. <laughs> yes. Yes. But here's the thing. I watched the game last week, and everybody's like, Patrick Mahomes didn't disappoint. And I'm like, he was fine, but there was nobody near him. And, like, three of the plays were like, all right, he just tossed the ball to Ty- Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill beat nine people downfield for a 40-yard touchdown. All right. He threw a ball on a slant, and Sammy Watkins beat eight dudes to get 50 yards downfield. Travis Kelsey's unguardable. That that team, I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win the game. The reason I'm going to pick the Chiefs is this. It's Sammy Watkins, right? Everybody talked right. about how bad the Chiefs were playing down the stretch. 
and people didn't look at the fact that Sammy Watkins missed the last five games. And when Sammy Watkins is on the field, he's a, a weapon that you can't account for because you have to double Tyree Kill and you have to put a lot of a lot of attention towards Travis Kelsey. And Sammy Watkins, since he's been in the league, he's had one injury and it's he's got a, had a broken foot. That broken foot doesn't stop him from running four four. He's still a low four four, high four three forty guy, and he still trucks dudes when he runs. And what he does by doing a lot of uh, a lot of motions, it opens up the run game. I mean, I I think the Patriots. I give them a shot in the sense that Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, but it's going to be in Kansas City. I think Mahomes is going to get it done. I think we're going to have a Mahomes, Drew Brees Super Bowl, where Drew Brees can That'll make up nuts. for the fact that he didn't win the MVP because Mahomes is going to win the MVP. Well, that'll be a and that's you, Mahomes. I don't I don't see Saints if they would. I don't see Saints losing to the Patriots or the Chiefs. Um, I think this is going to be their Super Bowl. But Jamie, what do you think about that matchup, Chiefs versus, Chiefs versus uh, the Patriots? Yeah, um, Jared, if that did happen and the Chiefs did win, that would be double deja vu because when we won the Super Bowl after starting thirteen and three and losing those three to the same opponents, shut up! I don't want to hear about who, did, who you who did guys Drew played oh nine. Who, who, did, who did we? Who did Drew Brees play against in, in the Super Bowl? The Peyton guy Manning, who beat the guy him who won the MVP, Jeremy. Exactly. Nobody cares. Hold up, guys. I want to bring one thing up. Jeremy literally brought up. He's like, "Hey, they they put out the refereeing uh, uh, people for the for the the Rams Saints game, and the guy who's refereeing the game since he's come back to the league in 2012, he's refereed eight Rams games, and they're 0 and 8." And 0 and 2 this year. Jeremy, nobody cares about who the referee is in the game. And nobody cares who you guys played in 2009. None of that has anything to do so with the game. No, probably you know the damn stats by no refs and what y'all score is with the <laughs> which y'all which y'all record is with the refs. But yeah, I wasn't really talking about the refs. Uh I was just bringing up some clear facts that, you know, maybe this referee isn't suitable for the Rams, considering that they're 0 and 8 against them in the Saints game against them earlier this season. They had that referee. They're 0-2 this season. That's two of their only three losses. But back to the Patriots versus the Chargers. Um, and I'm sorry, the Patriots versus the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Patriots in this game for a few reasons. For one, it's no way I'm taking Andy Reid in a big game over Bill Belichick. It's just not going to happen. Andy Reid is probably going to put up points. Patrick Mahomes is probably going to put up points, but they will find a way to lose this game. What do I think the keys for this game will be? What is Bill Belichick going to take away from Patrick Mahomes, because Patrick Mahomes does have a ton of weapons. You know what, what Bill Belichick is going to do? He is going to use Patrick Mahomes' aggressiveness against him. So what he's going to do is he's going to take their number two cornerback, and he's going to put him on Tyreek Hill, and he's going to put him, give him safety help uh, with one of the McCourty brothers all day. So Tyreek Hill is not getting over the top. He's going to instruct his corners or his safety to stay back far enough that you cannot get beat over top. Secondly, he is going to take Stephon Gilmore and put him on Travis Kelsey. Not another receiver. He's going to put him on Travis Kelsey. He's going to try to take away Travis Kelsey with their best cornerback. Therefore, he's going to say either you're going to have to beat me with Sammy Watkins uh, or you're going to have to just beat me with underneath dump-off routes. And Patrick Mahomes has shown a tendency this year to not want to take the underneath routes. He always wants the big pass. Uh, and I think they're going to bait them him into some throws uh, with some, you know, some different coverages and things like that that I think can really confuse them. Overall, what I see in this game is – Tom Brady is going to pick apart that Chiefs defense. Uh, I think from both of the AFC games so far, what we saw was 
these teams they played against were not used to playing in the elements. You had uh, the L.A. Chargers, who are a warm-weather team, going to play in Foxborough when it was like 20 degrees outside, and they did not seem to be prepared for it at all, uh, especially calling the exact same defense you called against the Ravens with Lamar Jackson to give him a week to prepare for it. That was like the dumbest. I, I thought, I was like, man, that was really innovative. They went with all, you know, seven defensive backs on the field. Right. And then I turn on the game and I go, no, they they, 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 they just did this just to try to confuse them before they throw an actual defense. Well, maybe they thought they could see if they could get away with it. Maybe they'll change it. You guys are getting run down your throat every play. Are you guys going to take and put a linebacker on the field at some point or not? They didn't figure it out, so they, they got destroyed on the, every aspect. Uh, they had the like Chiefs three defense. three linebackers out though, so that that's part of the reason. All right, I'm last, sorry, last I, I would have picked you're, linebackers. You're going off on some tangents. Last yeah. point, let's wrap it up. That was just a quick. That was just a quick tangent. Anyway, uh, overall, I think what you're going to see from the Chiefs' defense is not as good as the Chargers' defense, and you're going to see uh, Tom Brady expose it. And uh, I see that running game getting really getting going. Uh, Tom Brady will pick them apart, and you will see the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl once again. Either way, Jeremy's going to be gonna super be excited because if it's yeah. Drew Brees versus Tom Brady, he's going to be. No, listen, listen to me, whoever's a, a fan of the podcast. If it's Patriots, Saints, Jeremy's going to come on here and say, this is determined who's the GOAT. Mark my words, regardless of the fact that it would be Drew Brees' second Super Bowl to Tom Brady's was it his ninth, Jeremy will literally get on here and he will I, say. I mean, nobody's saying Jeremy's argument about. Brady I'm telling you, it's gonna happen. After Brady's just, he just. I'm, chopped I'm the telling defense. you right no, he now, chopped, he chopped the defense up like it was 15 years ago, like last weekend. Just chopped up, just, just straight chopped him up, chopped him up. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's he, he, nothing. He, NFL. We'll we'll get we'll talk. We'll make some points when we go back for our picks. But let's talk about the step back king, the ultimate step back king. He is James Harden. This man got 16 straight 30 point games. Uh, I think he's going over Kobe. I think he broke Kobe's record for most. He said seventeen. Points. Now he broke Kobe's sixteen games. Yeah, he broke 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 Kobe's sixteen game record. Now yeah, seventeen with seventeen games with thirty points, um, at least thirty points. Dropped fifty six last fifty eight last night. Fifty seven. Um, you got the average. Fifty seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere. But but he he scored a lot of points in a lot of different games, and he dropped a shit ton of points last night. What do we think about Hard? Let's start um, with Jimmy. Got it. Yeah. So. Harden, exceptional uh, player. I think the biggest thing that I take away from Harden is is what kind of shape Harden has to be in. He doesn't look like he's in crazy good shape, but if any of you have played full-court basketball and gotten hot and had people hand you the ball, I remember I was playing one day, and I came up the court and hit a three. So next time I'm going to You've never been hot. <laughs> yeah. Right, man, they never hit more than three three jumpers in a row in any kind of organized basketball. L L listeners, do not pay them any mind. I am Jr. Smith. I can miss nineteen threes in a row, but as soon as I make one, you better watch out because I might make ten in a row. So I come up the court, pull up for three. All right, I got it. I get the ball back on the next time on the court. Came off a screen, made another three. Next time I get on the court. They automatically ISO, give me the ball, cross, cross, step back three. I made it. What the you, next time on the court. What do you sound like Soldier Boy right now? Come down this. Hit that man. Next pow, pow, no, pow, no, no, pow, no. Pow. Go ahead, Jeremy. Next time I came next time I came back up the court, fourth possession, they threw me the ball. I passed it right back. I was exhausted. And that's just me doing that for about 
a one and a half minute stretch. James Harden literally comes up the court and does 15 seconds of dribbling and then pulls up from th- for three and then does the exact same thing 37 more times per in game. James Harden, I mean, defense, the of in his defense, up, though, Jeremy, in his defense, he takes off 10 seconds in between each one of those shots because you know he don't <laughs> play no defense. Well, yeah, go ahead. He does. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very true. He says, look, I'm going to take – 50% of the of the game playing out of the way and knock out all of the offense, and you other four people have to make up for the other 50% and play all of the defense. That sounds like so, a plan to me if you can shoot like hard. <laughs> but, yeah, this this streak is very impressive. He's going to ha- continue to have to do it because Clint Capella went out last night. He's out for four to six weeks. Uh, Chris Paul is already out. Uh, Eric Gordon is out right now. So his second-best player right now very well might be Austin Rivers, who's playing pretty, pretty well for them. Uh, but – uh, I think the streak's impressive. The game has changed. Uh, I think a lot of times we start looking at these streaks and say, oh, man, he's, you know, he passed Kobe. That was awesome. It's an, uh, an accomplishment within itself. But I'll just say this. There's no other player who's going to get 30 points on one of 17 three-pointers. I mean, it's just no other player is going to be able to do this. And in this era now where you can get away with pretty much driving, throwing your hands up in the air and going to the free throw line, I think you'll see – a lot more scoring than you would have seen uh, had he played in a different era. But I think he's an all-time great. Uh, I like watching him play. Uh, and he's starting to get into that conversation for a top you know, three or four player in the league. I think he's top five. But uh, me personally, I don't put him on Steph's level yet. Um, I don't put him on even maybe even KD's level. He's, he's close to it. But um, overall, I'm, you know, he's starting to get in that conversation. Well, look, man, I, I think when I think about Harden, I think about this. First off, Jeremy, I'm not sure like how much dribbling you're doing when you're playing at the rec, but if if you're exhausted after three possessions of scoring, that means you did way too much ISO ball. I'm I'm two dribbles and I'm pulling, son. Two dribbles and I'm out. Um, I hit him and quit him. Anyway, with that being said, uh, Harden, how impressive I think this is? It's extremely impressive. I think it's uh, it. It's one of the most impressive feats I've seen from an individual in a regular season. I mean, I you can't really compare it to like a you know playoff kind of feat. But with that being said, it's nothing compared to Kobe's. And I'm not a Kobe. I'm not you, you guys that that know me. I'm not a Kobe fan by any stretch of imagination. Um, but Kobe did it with a usage rate that was around 27, which isn't like a an extremely high usage rate. Um. When Harden did his, Harden right now is at about 32 usage rate, which means... What the hell is a usage rate? Usage rate <laughs> is the, the percentage of time you actually have the basketball in your hand compared to the team having the ball. You so if you're a usage it. rate... Where come up with this? Is this your has been, it's No, it's been out. No, so here's no, the deal. No, I- I've known it, but I just didn't. I thought Harden would be more like seventy-eight percent. I'm, I'm kind no, of surprised that he's yeah, only thirty. You got to think about that's not even including the time he's on the bench. That means this. <laughs> that means literally a third of the time his team has the ball, he's dribbling or trying to score. As and 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 so what what that means is this: when you're looking at it and you're comparing it to all right, what what did Kobe do in that period of time? Kobe had obviously some ridiculous numbers. But Kobe wasn't shooting the ball nearly as much as uh, James Harden was during the streak. So I think it's impressive. Um, I think, obviously, if you're a good guard and you're in a Mike D'Antoni system, your numbers are going to look astronomical. Um, I mean, ask Chris Duhon, who, uh, you know, at one point in time, 
got a huge deal off of uh, playing in, in, in Mike D'Antoni's offense. And, I mean, I think at the end of the day, that's what it boiled down to. I think Mike D'Antoni has helped him, but he's a talent. I mean, his his ability to, to create space without being um, – you know, he, he's not a um, uh, athlete that as far as like quick acceleration, quick burst, but he's so crafty. And you know who you know, who's the person who reminds me the most of him right now uh, is Luka Doncic. Luka's not like athletic that that that's super athletic, but he's so crafty. That he creates so much space that I mean, there's nothing you really can do about it. And um, I look at Harden similarly. I think that's that's. You might, you might want to look at R.J. Barrett because R.J. Barrett is literally James Harden. I, I don't believe that. Um, I, I remember I remember somebody else telling me that uh, that Justice Winslow was 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 James Harden. Um, so I'm I'm gonna pass on R.J. Barrett being James Harden, but I think Luka Doncic is the person I think creates the same amount of space as James Harden, does a similar kind of thing, but obviously isn't at James level right now. But he, what he's doing is phenomenal. Um, I'm hoping he, he keeps it up because uh, it would be uh, be fun for me to watch. I'll say that. It'd be really fun for me yeah. to continue to watch. And, well, one uh, last comment from, from my side. I will say this. I've seen a lot of people from the Rockets trying to put in historical perspective what James Harden is doing. He's the greatest scorer ever, maybe. You know, he's the best ISO player ever. I'm not going to go with any of that. I will tell you this. This is what James Harden has that he is hands down the best at. He has the greenest light in the history of basketball because <laughs> I've never seen a player who – this dude this season is averaging 12.8 three-pointers per game. And he ain't you're shooting a high percentage. You're shooting 13% or you took 13 threes a game per game. That's incredible. Incredible. He made damn near all of them too. But uh, no, he went. He went one for seventeen the other night. <laughs> 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 he's actually five, right. five for. He's actually, he's actually five for the last thirty-two. <laughs> my guy. All right, well, uh, let's move on to the. Well, we're actually uh, we're out in the West, being that Houston's in the West. But let's talk about these Lakers. Uh, they continue to lose without LeBron. Um, we talked about this a little bit on the last two episodes, but how much trouble are the Lakers really in right now? Let's start with let's start with Jared. Um, I'm gonna say this, right? They're in panic mode now. They go from here's the deal, right? As we talked about when we when and, and Jeremy predicted they were gonna go on a winning streak. And I said they better because of the fact of it's the Western Conference. Teams are playing much better. People are getting a uh, you know, teams like the Rockets are are, are catching fire. Like, it's, it was going to be a tough ride. The Lakers went from the four seed when LeBron got hurt to the nine seed right now. If the playoffs started right now, they'd be out of the playoffs. And I think the biggest thing I take out of that is this. They've been playing bad teams. They lost to the Cavs. The Cavs snapped a 12-game losing streak on the Lakers, and it wasn't that close of a game. They lost to, uh, what was the other? They lost to the Knicks. The Knicks hadn't won a they hadn't won a game in regulation since November. They lost to them. They're they're losing games to teams they have no business losing games to. And the the only thing I can tell you is you gotta like the, their only hope they have right now is that LeBron comes back at 110%. And even the problem with that is this you got 
not only do you have to rely on LeBron to be spectacular in this case, LeBron, like when they come back, they got to play the Warriors. They got to play, the, I believe, the Raptors. They got to play. I mean, their, their schedule is not easy. Like, it's not like they got some cupcakes coming up. So not they're going to have to be, uh, I mean, ridiculous coming up for them to have a chance. And, I mean, I, I, I really do think they're in trouble. I think they're in big trouble because it's it's going to boil down to can they can they win some games that they have no business winning now because they're it's that's what it boils down to. I mean, you got really the next month that they have to at least get I say plus four or five games over five hundred, four or five games over five hundred in those those games to be able to even make it competitive. But I mean, you're the nine spot right now, man. That team basically is the Cavaliers without LeBron. I mean, that's the way they look right now. I'm not saying that they are, because I, yeah, I do not. like, I do like. Do we just watch them play the Cavaliers without LeBron and get robbed the building? Like, that was one game. So, so with, so I'm assuming when when LeBron got hurt and they outscored the Warriors, they're the Warriors without LeBron. Jeremy, we watched them play. Uh, that's not one game. We watched them play nine games. They're two and seven. This ain't close right now. They're, it'd be one thing if they're they were three, like, oh, three yeah. And seven. They're three and seven without LeBron. They are five and six what without Brandon. Just, just, just to put it in perspective. Just to put it in perspective. They are three and they are three and seven without LeBron and five and six without Brandon Ingram with LeBron. Jeremy, we can say five and six, but this as fattering in one was the beginning of the season and they were struggling earlier in the season. And then you looked at they did a whole of uh, was it six game East Coast road trip that he missed where they went like two and four on a road trip. They're losing games at home to bad teams. Like these are there's not the same thing. Jared, wait, wait. So here, here's my thing here. I, have they lost some games? Yes. Is this something to be alarmed about? No. With LeBron last year, did the Cavs not lose eleven or fourteen games? In January. Yes. Where, where are we in now? But here's the difference. We're in though. January. So yeah, what's the the, diff, the difference is this. LeBron typically starts season strong, and then when he gets to January, he takes his foot off the gas and they lose games. Last year they won 17 straight games at one point. When they went eleven, uh when when they lost eleven or fourteen games, they still were above five hundred. They still got to over fifty wins, and they were still playing in the Eastern Conference at the time. Right now, they're in the West. There, it is not. It is not one of those situations where you can just be like, "Oh, just continue to lose games. We're going to be fine." They're going to end up if they if LeBron doesn't come back on fire, they're going to end up needing to win fifteen of the last twenty three games or something to make the playoffs or something. That's and that's a daunting task in the Western Conference. That's not daunting. LeBron is a goat, as you say. LeBron <laughs> is the best player to ever play basketball. Get it done. At the end of the day, what I saw is I saw. The Lakers, when LeBron got injured, and they were in the four seed. That is correct. How many games were they out of the nine seed? There were two games were, out, of the, out of the nine seed. There were two games out when LeBron got hurt. So let's not act like they were just made this precipitous fall. And then overall, I saw this last year. I saw the Minnesota Timberwolves in the third seed. And Jimmy Butler got hurt at the end of February. And by the time he came back, they were in the eighth seed. And I didn't hear anybody complaining about, oh, man, look at Minnesota without Jimmy Butler. They're the Cavaliers. Nobody made these arguments. So, you know, hey, LeBron, I'm sorry you got injured. It's probably a better, more emphasis for you to come back. There's not a lot of help right now. I don't like the team that Magic Johnson put together. 
uh, because I don't really think it makes sense. But that's what team they have, and they have to get something done with it. At the end of the day, LeBron James, you call him the GOAT. Most people call him the best player in the league. I disagree. But if you do have to win 15 out of 23 games in order to make the playoffs, you better get it done. Because oh, I'm, I'm not, not here. They're going to get it done. Jeremy's slick like liking the fact that LeBron's in a hole has to get his team out. Let me put you on what Jeremy said. Because right? he's hedging his bet. He's like, all right, like right, I'll be happy because LeBron will actually bring my team back. And then it'll be competition to go. If he doesn't, then Damn, he's hedging. He's already... You know, he, yeah, this I, is his I, I, third Jeremy, hedge. Jeremy's very let me, let's put very his third hedge. Doing. His third hedge, right? So <laughs> I wish the listeners could see Jeremy's face. Right so, so here, here's what Jeremy said at the beginning of the season. Jeremy said, "If they don't win over 54 games, or is it 54 or 52, then he's no better than Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler got there and added 15 games or something to to the Timberwolves, and it's, the Lakers it was won 48 games. Hey, Jeremy, games. where where did Timberwolves oh. play? Minnesota, Minnesota's where? So that's they're in the Western huh? Conference, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let, I was just making let, sure. How how many games did Jimmy Butler win with? So Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler joined a thirty-five win team, uh-huh. the exact same amount of wins that, that the Lakers had last year. Except Jimmy Butler was actually traded to that team, so they had to give up assets. They didn't have to give up assets to get LeBron. And how many games? He went to that with, team. How, how many games they end up with? My is my point. 48 games, and they were in the third seat when he got injured for a month. I think that's fair to hold LeBron to that same standard. In so, the same so here's the deal. So Jeremy, Jeremy said, and first off, Jeremy says they traded players. They really didn't. They traded Zach Levine, who had torn his ACL the previous year, so he wasn't somebody that was contributing to that 35 wins. And they traded away he played Chris Dunn. Games who, in and they traded away Chris Dunn, who wasn't a starter on the team, and they traded away a pick. They really didn't trade away anybody that was playing. Um, but with that being said, Jeremy, this, this is how Jeremy has to bet. LeBron needs to win at least 50 games because to, to prove that he's better than what Jimmy Butler was going to the Timberwolves. Then the Lakers get on a pace of winning 58 games. And then Jeremy's like, I don't think this is sustainable. Then LeBron gets hurt. Jeremy says, I'm, I'm happy we can see this because we're going to see Brandon Ingram and the Lakers are going to go on a win streak, and everybody's going to realize that this is not about LeBron, that this team was, had won, had a winning record after January. Now they're sucking. Jeremy's like, I want no excuses. When LeBron comes back, he better get it done. This is the third hedge from the season. He's gonna the only thing that's going to happen is when LeBron plays well, Jeremy's going to say, see, look at what Brandon Ingram is doing. I've already – All right. I, I'm telling you. I know. You I guys, you guys this is a pretty hilarious topic, but you guys both made your points very well. Uh, let's switch gears, guys. Um, let's talk a little bit about some tennis, that some uh, a sport that we're all familiar with. Um, let's just didn't know we all grew up played through juniors. Uh, we all played some on the circuit, prize money circuit, futures, all that good stuff. Uh, and the Australian Open started two nights ago. So, fellas, who you guys yeah. got on the men's and women's draw? Let's start with Jared. So, um, you know, speaking of goats, um, there is a goat. Uh, that was from the place where a lot of rich watches, expensive watches come from, Switzerland. His name is Roger Federer. And gonna say as much as I want to pick, <laughs> as much as I want to pick Roger Federer to win this, I can't. Look, man, wow. I'm the biggest right. I'm almost as big a Roger Federer fan as I am LeBron fan. Not quite. Haven't bought no. any Roger Federer shoes. But I, I, I love my boy Roger. But this is, this is all about Djokovic right now, 
And I'm not even picking Djokovic. I'm going with my boy Zverev to pull it off. I got him you beating got his first. I got Sasha Zverev, not Mish- Mishka. I got him uh, pulling off his first. Round. I know. I know. But that's why when I said Zverev, I got him getting his dub, first major title, upsetting Nadal, upsetting. I'm going to say he, he beats – uh, Djokovic in the finals and gets his first major. And on the women's side, uh, I just got to go with Serena, man. I watched the first round. Uh, shout out to my boy Jarmir Jenkins, aka we call him Hands. Uh, by the way, I'll be sending him out a, a Me Bros podcast shirt to wear at the, uh, at, at the French Open, one with an Indian Wells, uh, Uber to Hidden Hills, uh, whatever. Uh, so I'll send that out. But with that being said, I got Serena getting it done. She looked really impressive yesterday. Looked like she's in great shape, 1 0 1. Um, I expect for her to, to, to dominate um, and to make up for last year, her not getting the dub done So uh, at, at any of the majors. So uh, my, my picks are going to be Sasha Zverev as well as Serena Williams, the two S's getting it done. All right, cool. Jimmy, who you got? Let's start with men's. You know, it's really, yeah, it's really hard to pick on the men's side, mainly because I watched Djokovic last week and he didn't look that, in, he didn't look that great. Um, and so I don't think Djokovic is going to win this tournament. I look at this tournament and say, who would I pick? Would I pick Zverev? No, because I've seen Zverev play many majors, and he very, very rarely – I don't even think he's got to a quarter yet. He loses early in almost every major he plays. Uh, so until he proves me wrong, I'm not going to pick him. I want to pick my boy Nadal, but I haven't seen Nadal play a tournament since the U.S. Open. I do know he's going to be in great shape. I understand that he is most likely – Still dealing with the injuries, considering that he was uh, he pulled out of last week. So I'm not going to pick him as well. So I am going to go with the long underdog who somehow finds his way to pull his head out of a out of the ground like a groundhog every once in a while. Where's my boy Warrika at, man? Warrika, it's about time for Warrika to have one of those random no. tournaments where he comes out of nowhere and wins the tournament. <laughs> I, have, I have no clue. What? I have no clue what's going with this tournament. But this just seems like one of those Warrika years. He's probably going to lose next round. I think he has uh, I think he has uh, Rayonic. But this just seems like one of those tournaments where you go, oh, man, I don't know where Warrika came from, but now he's got five majors. That's kind of what Warrika does. He looks terrible, and then all of a sudden, he has a match where he's down match point. He comes back, wins that in five sets. Next thing you know, he starts hitting winners. So, good luck, Warrika. On the women's Jer- side. Jer- Jeremy, real quick, you know who? what kind of quality he has? He very much so has a David Nalbandian quality at, at Master Series events. David Nalbandian yeah. back in the day would literally suck. He would go He would go further than Warrika. He would go to, like, 200 in the world, then he quality. And then he beat Fed <laughs> Nadal and Safin in straight sets and win a Master Series. So he doesn't go that far, but he yeah, definitely he has that Nalbandian characteristic. Yeah, yeah I, I would call him the Nick Foles of tennis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but overall, on the women's side, and I'm, I'm actually going to tell you guys who I'm rooting for. Obviously, I'm rooting for Nadal on the, on the men's side. I think Serena is probably going to win. I would love to see Serena get another major. But I am rooting for Sloane Stevens. I'll give you the reason why. Because... On Saturday night, I met a $3 bet. This $3 bet was a parlay on Rafael Nadal and Sloane Stevens winning this tournament. The reason I didn't bet on Serena was because she had terrible odds because she was obviously the favorite to win this tournament. So, Sloane Stevens, Nadal, get it done. My $3 turns into $586. Let's get it done, guys. 
Wow. Uh, but yes, yeah, Serena's probably gonna win. Yeah, I'll go ahead and put my little uh, my little take on the Australian Open. But uh, I definitely feel like Serena's uh, in great form coming into this week. I expect her to have a pretty smooth run. I would love to see her and Sharapova uh, play some time before the semis. Men's side, I like Chilich. Um, I think he has good form coming in. Um, I would like like to see Nishikori get up there and uh, possibly uh, get his first major. But I like Chilich. I like Nishikori. But I think um, we might see a little bit of the old the overgrade, per se, with Djokovic and Nadal. So I wouldn't be surprised at that. But um, obviously root for uh, a couple underdogs. I wouldn't mind seeing Sasha get up there and, and hold a trophy at the end of the week. Uh, but, yeah, fellas, let's, let's talk about these uh, – about these these bets though um jeremy you were down 497 dollars for the week you ended up even for the season so you know no no gain no loss jared you were down 400 for the week but you came out on the positive side ladies and gentlemen jared's up 200 for the season good job jared um da, 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 da. let's talk about your picks and uh who we have coming up for your playoff picks i think we already pretty much talked about who you guys have but feel free to uh go into that a little bit again not too long but uh, let's yeah, go into your picks so, let's start with jared well jeremy's gonna be short he has no picks the way this thing works is you gotta have money to bet <laughs> so <laughs> let's go into the uh <laughs> this guy's picks uh real quick note i want to throw two things out there uh one is bad news for damon and two is uh bad news for the nba uh bad news for damon panthers just announced cam newton might miss the entire 2019 season with his shoulder surgery uh they may be taking the andrew luck approach because it's that serious of a shoulder injury so he might miss the entire next season Nick Foles, I've heard, is available. Yeah, I mean, uh, Nick Kyle Foles is available. I was going to say, Kyler Murray is available. We need to take Kyler uh, Murray. Cam would hate uh, Cam, would, Cam would absolutely hate if we took Kyler Murray. Because Kyler Murray would act, a, he would act a fool for his, his first year. He would totally But here's the crazy part. Can you imagine them coming back and I'm putting – I don't know how they would do it. But imagine – you know how, like, now how they do uh, – the Saints do breeze and they put Taysom Hill on the field. Imagine the different plays they could do. It'd be like a, uh, it'd be a play where like Christian McCaffrey, Kyler Murray, and Cam Newton. All hey, I'm about to hit you somebody. with that Terrell Owens. I, 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 you <laughs> bet not compare no Cam Newton to the to whoever you just talked about. That's my quarterback. I'm talking. About, I'm talking about Drew Brees. I compare him to Drew Brees. I compare <laughs> no, Kyler Murray to Taysom thinking, Hill. In that case. Oh, 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 I'm thinking that you, that Kyler Murray being that Drew Drew Brees is a smaller quarterback. I thought you were comparing no, Kyler to Drew. Okay. No, I'm talking. I'm just. I'm, 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 I'm Kyler Murray. Like, I, like I'm selfish. I think Kyler Murray personally. I feel like for his safety, um, he should probably play baseball. But I mean, I would love to see Kyler Murray play every Sunday. I mean, that dude. NFL. I mean, I would love to watch him play every Sunday. So I'm happy. There's some scouts that said that they said that they think he would. Be, he's going to be Russell Wilson with Michael Vick elusiveness. <laughs> I'm not sure how if I go that far, but, but he, he's, he's going to be able to get hit. Yeah, he can't, like he he can't, can't take a lot of hits. He can't, like. Um, yeah, I mean, he better be Tariq Cohen uh, elusive in the pocket uh, and be able to throw the ball. But um, the last thing I said this bad news for the NBA, the Warriors are back. They're playing the Nuggets, who are the number one seed in the Western Conference, and they scored 51 points in the, in the first, first quarter. quarter. They're up 79 to 60 at half. So uh well, how like you let, well sixty's not that sixty's not that bad for a half, but still not in today's NBA. But I, uh, like seeing, I just like seeing what's the kid's name, Jamal Murray. I just like seeing him get just busted. Yeah, bust. I don't like that kid. 
But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean he he's he's a Canadian sensation, but uh, he needed to take that act back to Canada. Uh, he got he got yeah, room yeah. for the Vancouver Huge Grizzlies. Night in the Memphis ones. They, he needs to go play for the Vancouver Grizzlies. Anyway, um, so going to the picks, I only got one game I'm putting money on. I'm putting all my two hundred dollars on the Saints minus three and a half. I said I thought they were going to win by six. Um, and then the other game, pick wise, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'm not giving up any points to Bill Belichick and and the Patriots, especially not a full field goal. Um, could they win? Yes. Am I rooting for all the? My 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 actual rooting interest would be the Chiefs to win on Sammy Watkins jet sweeps all game, so my Clemson Tigers can get a win. But they would tell me about how good Pat Mahomes' cadence was at the line of scrimmage to be able to move to safety. So it doesn't really matter. I'm gonna lose on that one. I just go ahead and take the L. But regardless, I got two hundred dollars on the Saints to cover three and a half. <laughs> uh, all right, J- Jeremy, who you got, brother? All right. Obviously, I have no money to bet, but I'll just kind of go through my picks. That's <laughs> just what you so, said. That sounded so, good. But you know what? I, I'm not disappointed at all because you know what? I picked the Saints to win the Super Bowl, and my team is still alive. So let's keep it going. Saints at or Rams at Saints. Uh, I see this game being uh, 10 points or, or pretty close to 10 points or even worse uh, based on the last game. If you watch that game against the Cowboys, what really happened was the reason they were able to stop Ezekiel Elliott, they put like eight people in the box and said, Dak Prescott beat us, and they did not give Dak an opportunity to, and Dak didn't do it when he had an opportunity to. So uh, I would dare them to do that against Drew Brees, and we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm sure that Marcus Peters will eat a lot of gumbo if he does that. Anyway, um, that game is going to be Brees. Let's go. And in the next game, just broke. I'm going to say – Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, anyway – I am going to go uh, with the Patriots. Uh, I I saw a thing from Vegas. They said that the Patriots play the Chiefs on a neutral field would be an uh, even spread. If the Patriots play the Rams on even on a neutral field, it'd be even spread. If the Chiefs play the Rams on a neutral field, it'd be an even spread. And every single one of them will be a one point five underdog against the Saints. So that tells you who they like, who that nation. As well as the referees' win loss records, right? But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh and eight. Oh and eight. <laughs> All right, fellas. So think about it. It's 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 got into their brain so much that when they're doing the coin toss, they're looking at it like, damn, it's gonna happen again. Wow. Jeremy, definitely some great points. Um, I'm definitely gonna be locked in this week to see what happens with all these games. Uh fellas, y'all got anything else? Y'all y'all good? You got everything off your chest for the week? Uh Shout out to uh, shout out to wifey. She uh she just got hired on. Uh, she's an RN, so she's been out of the hey. game for a couple years. Just got hired at, uh, at a, a a great hospital here. I'm not throwing no names out on what y'all popping up. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to have to stab nobody. But with that being said, she just got a she she's been stay at home mom for a while. So she's she's back on her uh her. I want to go back to work. So I'm uh, I'm right, happy Nicole. for her. So shout out to her Congrats. and. Uh, other things I'm, I'm gonna give a quick shout out to uh shout out to uh to mcdonald's making that delivery apparently uh my clemson tigers are only good enough for you to pay for big Macs. look i'm gonna go into a quick three not three minutes i'll go 30 seconds you had the audacity you're the richest president quote unquote in the history of the country and you say i paid for dinner but you pay for Big Macs. Now think about this. If you pay for Big Macs 
it's got to be cold because you know Secret Service is taking at least 20 minutes to go through all them Big Macs. And then you bring a tomato and mushroom pizza? Who orders a tomato and mushroom pizza? This is a president who has admitted that he eats his steaks well done. I think I've heard enough. No. I will at least say <laughs> on that. McDonald's. McDonald's. Well, you know what? The one thing I will give him credit for is, did you see that that buffet of sauces? Do you know how hard it is to get 100 sweet and sour sauces onto one tray? First off, that's millions of dollars right there. How much do you have to pay for each extra sweet and sour that you get? I want you to know I appreciate that effort of getting the extra sauces. You go on that one. But, uh, no, that was dumb. <laughs> Terrible. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, it looks like that's it, fellas. Uh, listeners, as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in to us. Uh, make sure you subscribe, like us on Instagram, Facebook. We're on all platinum uh, platforms. Not we're on all platinums, but we're on all platforms, iTunes, Google, Spotify, YouTube, Podbean. So make sure you tell your friends about us, share us. We appreciate it. We love you guys. We'll see you all next week. We out.